So welcome, Jason. Morning, Kirsten. Good morning. Morning. Now, I've been told that you're going to do a talk. Um, now, what's it called? Time Out Kids Sports Injuries. So, Jason, at first I wondered, are you one of those people that does, does that sort of karate chop stuff on people? And uh, I think you might be talking about chiropractors. Oh. So, Craig Dobby might be around somewhere. You might be able to... <laughs> Karate chop a few backs. Actually, he, uh, he looks like he's been karate chopped, doesn't he? He's on crutches. <laughs> so, or hobbling around at least anyway. Yep. So, sure. um, can you tell us a little bit about... Um, so, you're not a, chiro a chiropractor? I'm not a chiropractor, no. Um, I'm a physiotherapist by trade. Uh, so, uh, finished studying down in Sydney uh, five, six years ago. Right. Uh, uh, studied uh, exercise, sports science, uh, physio, and uh, uh, been lucky enough to be freed up over the last couple of years to uh, serve here at church, which has been fantastic, uh, being on staff and doing a bunch of things there. Prior to that, uh, worked for a sports physio clinic uh, with a bunch of doctors, uh, orthopaedic surgeons, uh, uh, lucky enough to be part of the, the Central Coast Mariners uh, medical staff, so doing quite a lot with elite athletes and uh, also young kids in the clinic, so a bit of a mix. Okay. Well, my husband loves his football, as probably a lot of you do too, and I love horses. So what's um, safer for kids to do? Because I have a running argument with my husband about this. Football or horse horses. riding, was it? Okay. Yes. Gee. Should we get a vote from the audience? Who thinks football is more dangerous? <laughs> Who thinks horse riding? Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I had one jockey come off his horse, um, this is a pretty nice one, uh, come off, his horse trod all over him, so shattered his pelvis, shattered ribs, so um, lots of interesting things to see. Yeah. Youch. So if you're short, don't ride. That's right. So, moving right along, I might just hand it over to you now, Jason, and Yeah, sure. Thanks, Gerson. Yep. Well, uh, I hope, hope you've got lots of water nearby. Uh, I know it's a pretty hot day. I'll just fix this stand up. I remember a few years ago, this tent was uh, on the grounds down at Erina High School, and it was uh, a similar day uh, to this sort of day, and... Uh, there were a bunch of people with those spray mist bottles, yeah? And uh, the fans were circulating like this, uh, like they are. And um, uh, what, what do you do when fans are circulating and, uh, and mist is being sprayed? Well, a hot tent turned into a, a sauna. So uh, I'd appreciate you, I think we'd all appreciate uh, holding off spraying those uh, mist bottles around. Here you go. Well... I thought I'd uh, just start off by, by saying that the human body, uh, it's a truly amazing piece of work, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's been designed with over 206, give or take a few uh, bones, uh, over 600 muscles, uh, which give movement to those bones. Whoop. Lock myself in here. Uh, a heart, which on average pumps around 7,000 litres of blood uh, per day. Uh, a set of lungs, which are the most efficient packaging system 
uh, in existence. If you were to open a pair of lungs and spread them out, they'd cover the surface area of a tennis court. Um, a human brain consisting of a network of billions of neurons with the ability to communicate with the rest of the body in order to function, to reason, to move uh, and to speak. Uh, a man considered by many uh, to be one of the greatest and influential scientists to have ever lived, Sir Isaac Newton, uh, maybe you've heard of him, he once said that uh, in the existence of any other proof, the thumb alone would convince me of God. Uh, so I just want to recognise that the human body is uniquely and amazingly designed uh, by a God who has made us uh, with worth and dignity and respect. Uh, and so w with that in mind, uh, I'm looking forward to, to launching into our topic together today. And I had a few pictures here, just to begin with, of uh, some, some nice injuries that uh, every uh, athlete's and I'm sure mother's worst nightmare. Um, that's what you get for playing rugby. Uh, got another one, another couple. Uh, Nice communicated fracture of the end of the tibia. Uh, if you're a soccer player, you've got to look out for those ones. And uh, the Socceroos don't play like this. That's just the Italians and just the Argentinians. So we don't carry handbags. It's just, uh, it's just those guys. There you go. Well, I'm sure many of you here... Uh, have kids playing sport or grandkids playing sport? Just to get a bit of a show of hands, uh, who here's got a child or grandchild playing some kind of sport? Yep, just about everybody. Um, uh, perhaps you've experienced firsthand seeing them or, or someone else, uh, someone else's child sustain an injury. So, so what I'd like to do today is uh, firstly out, outline some of the most common injuries that we see with uh, young kids. Uh, young children, and what I mean by children uh, is essentially those in the eight years to 15 year bracket. Uh, that's, I guess, our definition of children and adolescents, eight to 15 years. Uh, and then secondly, provide some tips on how we can uh, treat and prevent those injuries. Well, I think you'd have to agree that, that sport is ingrained in our national identity uh, and participation in kids' sports is becoming more and more popular every year and generally within Western countries. Uh, whilst kids are growing, uh, I think it's great to be able to involve them in a sport they enjoy, uh, a sport they can play with their friends, uh, have fun, uh, make some new friends. Uh, and one, as they grow and mature, that's also suited to their body type. And we'll talk about more, more about that in just a second. Uh, However, I think it's worthwhile to acknowledge that, that different sports and even different positions played within those particular sports require differing demands on a growing body. Uh, whether it's soccer or, or rugby, uh, netball, basketball, swimming, surfing, gymnastics, athletics. Uh, and so particular injuries are more common uh, in those particular sports and those positions within those sports. Uh, so, for example, in, in rugby union, you, you'd expect a, a certain body type uh, for a front row forward or uh, someone in the forward pack uh, compared with a, a fly half or a winger. 
Uh, in netball, you'd expect a, a shorter, more agile center uh, than, say, a goal shooter who you'd expect to be a lot taller. Uh, in football, uh, the real football, you play with your feet. Uh, the defensive line uh, and goalkeeper uh, are generally suited to a taller frame, uh, whilst the midfield would be suited to a, a shorter frame with a, a lower centre of gravity. And so with those sports uh, come unique injuries. So netball and basketball, we tend to see a lot more rolled ankles, knee injuries, overuse type injuries. Uh, in rugby union, league, AFL, a lot of bruising, fractures, rib injuries. Uh, in real football, uh, a lot of ankle sprains, overuse type injuries. In gymnastics and athletics, a lot of overuse type injuries. And so the first thing to note is that engaging in these activities at a young age uh, has numerous health benefits. I think around a quarter of, of kids, around six, seven hundred thousand uh, children in Australia are, are overweight or obese, and so uh, the obesity epidemic continues to, uh, to, to uh, impact that. Uh, and so sport's a great thing for, for kids to get involved in. Uh, but in, in, indeed, their, their bodies are unique. They're in a unique stage and time in life. Uh, and so they're particularly vulnerable uh, to injuries due to their, their changing and developing bodies as they're their cardiovascular system, their, their musculoskeletal system, their nervous system is growing and developing. Uh, and so these growth-related risk factors uh, include uh, mainly three, three of the big ones. The first one is the non-linearity of growth. Now, I think there's an outline on your tables there, so if you want to follow along, there's, um, there's some sheets there that you might find helpful. Um, the first one is the non-linearity of growth. Um, by that, I mean... Uh, from birth, uh, the relative contribution of the head and the trunk uh, to the total body stature, the arms and the legs, uh, is highest, and this declines through childhood and adolescence. Uh, thus, a, a child is characterised by a, a proportionately larger head and trunk with shorter arms and legs compared with an adult. Uh, so everybody remembers back to their, uh, their primary school photos with everybody's sitting neatly in line, and uh, if, if you remember, everyone's got big heads, yeah, and, and tiny little bodies, and so that's, that's what's kind of going on here, there's a non-linearity with growth, uh, and so what this does is it makes kids more, more top-heavy, and so this brings challenges to their balance and coordination, and their ability to move fluently, uh, making them susceptible to, to falling and tripping and running into other kids and those sorts of things. The second point is a, a varied biological maturity. Uh, children of the same chronological age uh, do vary considerably in biological maturity. Uh, and so given that most youth sports are characterised by a chronological age, uh, a single child within that age group, uh, a child who is, say, 13 years, 9 months, uh, is likely to be taller, heavier, stronger, uh, than a child who's turned, uh, just turned 13. Uh, so even though they're both classified as being in the same age group, uh, nine months difference can, can be huge. Uh, this can impact a young kid's interest in participating in their sport, uh, for better or for worse, uh, 
and also particularly more susceptible to injuries in contact sports. The third growth-related risk factor uh, is the unique response to skeletal injury. I don't know if you can see the diagram there, but there are some significant differences in the type of injuries sustained by children and adolescents uh, because of differences in the structure of the growing bone compared with adult bone. Uh, and so some of these include uh, much softer bone that is able to remodel itself, uh, particularly towards the, the end of bones. Uh, resulting in uh, incomplete or green stick type fractures uh, which, which don't occur in adults. Uh, a growth plate, as you can see the blue line around halfway down the bone there, uh, or the epiphyseal plate uh, that's vulnerable to disruption, especially from shearing type forces uh, like a sharp twist or turn or repetitive jumping on, on harder surfaces often seen in basketball, netball, those sorts of things. Uh, tendon attachment sites, so where the tendons attach onto the bones, that are, that are relatively weak, uh, predisposing them to the development of uh, avulsion-type injuries where, where the tendon comes off, and also uh, a loss of flexibility or, or muscle tightness uh, due to the, the growth spurt that often happens in girls uh, around the 11 to 12 years of age with boys, probably just a little bit after that sort of 13, 14 years of age. Okay. The, the common types of injuries that we often see in, in our clinic, we often see on the sporting field, uh, come in two, two categories. That is acute injuries or overuse injuries. Uh, acute injuries usually result from a, a single traumatic event. Uh, they include sprains, uh, sprains are injuries to tendons. Uh, tendons attach muscle to bone. Uh, and strains. And strains are injuries to ligaments. And ligaments attach bone to bone. Uh, these types of injuries tend to present themselves uh, often as a rolled ankle uh, or stepping off uh, an unstable surface, a knee injury after landing after a jump or an elbow or shoulder injury after being tackled uh, directly on the point of the shoulder uh, or, or receiving a ball um, out of reach, those sorts of things. And the third type of uh, acute injuries that we see uh, are those that result from trauma. Uh, so so that, uh, that is contusions, bruising, concussion, uh, heat exhaustion, uh, green stick fractures, um, those sorts of things. And so... In order to help treat those injuries, um, parents are often the first ones at the sporting field, uh, first one at home if they've, uh, they've tripped or fallen or whatever it might be. Uh, and I'm sure many of you have heard of this common acronym, um, which is RICE or RICER. Um, that is, after an acute injury, we, we want to make sure that um, the child ha has enough rest uh, that is, having the, the appropriate time to recover, not pushing them back to sport too early, um, especially for the first two or three days. Um, second thing is ice, so making sure that we start to reduce the, the inflammation within a joint. Um, 
icing around 20 minutes four times a day is a good starting point. Uh, compression, quite often we think of uh, com compression as a support for the joint, uh, but it's actually uh, there to help reduce the swelling. Um, so using things like Glad Wrap uh, or a towel or Tubi Grip, which is like an elastic sock, um, can help speed up this process. Uh, elevation, so keeping, keeping the joint or the limb uh, above the level of the heart uh, helps the, the body's lymphatic system uh, do its job. And last of all, if you're unsure, um, referring them to a, a doctor or, or a physio or, or someone like that. And the second and by far more common injuries we see are overuse injuries, overuse type injuries. Um, they can be somewhat difficult to diagnose. Um, they're often more subtle due to the repetitive nature uh, of, a, of a movement. So, for example, uh, serving a tennis ball over and over again, uh, repeated sprinting up and back, uh, long distances, uh, week in, week out, uh, kicking or throwing a ball repetitiously with the same leg or the same arm over and over again. And so when repetitive trauma affects tendons and bones and joints, uh, overuse injuries develop. Uh, and two of them, you can have a look on the sheet there, I've just outlined them briefly. Um, the first one, you might have heard of this. Um, it's called Osgood Schlatter's, uh, an Os Osgood Schlatter's disease. Uh, and it's a, a, a lesion uh, or a tearing of, of the bone at the front of the knee. Um, you can probably just feel that little bony prominence uh, just uh, past your kneecap. Uh, and so inflammation occurs at the growth plate uh, at this particular bony area. Uh, and so it's usually caused by uh, repeated contraction of, of the thigh muscles or the quadriceps uh, in running, kicking, uh, jumping. And it causes a, a partial avulsion or tearing of the tendon at this site. Uh, very common in, in growing kids. Uh, usually presents itself uh, around kids that are 10 to 14 years of age. Uh, and so this results in, in pain that is often uh, limited by the amount of activity uh, that, that, that kids are doing. Uh, on examination, the, the, there's tenderness over the area, there's, there's tightness of, of the thigh muscles, and quite often uh, a foot that collapses inwards. Uh, so a pronating foot, uh, which also has to do with the alignment of, of the bones as they move uh, down through uh, from the hip down to the, down to the floor. Uh, and so management of this particular condition, uh, it's self-limiting. So kids know when to stop if they're hurting. Uh, it usually settles at the time uh, that the growth spurt finishes. Uh, the way that you can manage it is by modifying or reducing the amount of training or games that kids are involved in. Quite often kids are involved in more than one sport. Uh, and so limiting the, the amount of training and, and sport that they're playing uh, or reducing the amount of activity they're doing. Uh, there's no need to rest completely uh, and pain should be the main guide. Uh, ice, which decreases the inflammation. Uh, stretching and massage of the quadriceps, uh, taping the patella, which is the little tendon that runs between the kneecap and that bony prominence, and uh, correction of any biomechanical issues, malalignments, things like that. 
the second most common overuse injury that we see uh, in kids is another one called Severs, uh, Severs disease or a Severs lesion. Uh, and that's due to repetitive um, jumping, running, those sorts of things. Uh, it occurs at the back of the heel where the, uh, the Achilles tendon attaches uh, into the, the, the back of the, the calcaneus there, the heel. Um, it's non-inflammatory and uh, symptoms with it can persist up to a couple of years. Uh, usually it settles though within uh, 6 to 12 months. Uh, the cause, it's usually due again to the overuse of the calf muscles uh, in jumping, uh, in uh, skipping, in all those sorts of things. Um, and again, it's very common in uh, the period of the growth spurt between 10 and 14 years of age. Uh, on examination, there, there's local tenderness at the heel, there's tightness of the calf muscles and uh, uh, an inability to be able to bend the foot back towards the knee. Uh, the management, again, it's self-limiting. So it's a matter of letting kids do what they can do. If they're pain-free, that's fine. Let them run around, let them... Um, continue doing the things that they're doing. Um, it's hard to do any more damage, really. Uh, generally, it, it tends to heal itself at the end of the growth spurt. So again, modifying activities, same as Osgood Schlatter's. Uh, heel raise uh, in the back of boots or shoes just takes the load off the Achilles tendon. Uh, stretching or massage of the calf. Uh, again, correcting any biomechanical abnormalities and also stretch, uh, strengthening the calf muscles. What I thought I'd do is just, uh, just take a minute um, and talk to the person next to you. You can ask them if they've had, ever had an injury before. Just gonna, Andrew's been kind enough to jump up and he's going to give us a little demo. And I'm just going to give you a couple little practical things uh, that you can do at home. Um, so just take a minute, say hi to the person next to you and we'll be back online. Alrighty. Well, I, I hope that's been helpful and useful. Uh, Andrew's been uh, kind enough to be my patient here. And uh, An Andrew, you don't have any uh, knee injuries, do you? No, 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 that's good. Okay. So the first condition that we talked about was uh, Osgood Schlatter's. Uh, again, one of the underlying problems with that is really, really tight quad muscles, the muscles at the front of the thigh. And so there's a couple of simple stretching techniques that you can do with your kids at home uh, just to help take the load off that tendon um, and, and help relieve that. So one thing that we, we can do is uh, plain and simply, quite often they won't be able to get their heel down to their backside. And so quite often they'll be, they'll be sitting up around here. And so what, what you want to be able to do, we'll, we'll check him out, we'll see what he's... Yeah, he's not too bad. A bit tight there. 
Uh, what you can do is plain and simply just um, the, get your child to relax and uh, plain and simply ask them if they're getting any pain as, you, as you're moving the foot forward. But all you want to do is just perform a nice passive stretch just till there's a nice general tightness around uh, the front of the thigh. You should be able to feel uh, a little bit of resistance there. He's tapping out. Yeah. And so you just want to hold that stretch for 60 seconds. So just a nice, long, sustained stretch. Uh, they can do this by themselves when you get sick of it. Uh, so you could, uh, you could get a bathrobe. You can uh, get, get some sort of band just to wrap around the, their foot. You can pull it over their shoulder and they can lay there reading a book or watching some DVDs or something like that. And uh, they, can, they can stretch the front of their thigh. Another type of stretch you can do them is what we call a PNF stretch. Uh, and what that does, it, it aims to gradually get the heel a little bit closer towards their, their bottom. So what you want to try and do is just come back to that same position and get them to, to hold that there. And then what you want them to do is just very gently try and push back against your hand. So, Andrew, just gently for about 10 to 15 seconds, just pushing back. And what we're doing here is actually, it's quite a clever trick, tricking, tricking the muscles or tricking the, the, the muscle spindles, which are... Uh, a sensitive uh, that, that tell us when to, to stop the stretch. Uh, what we're actually doing is switching those off. And so it's a nice gentle stretch, a push back for 10 to 15 seconds, and then relax again. And then what we can do is just come a little bit further again. And we hold that position for about 60 seconds. And we then repeat the same thing two or three times. So come back again, Andrew. Good. And we'll come down again. And you can see straight away there, we've probably improved him 10, 15 degrees. So a little bit closer. So there's one simple thing you can do for, for Osgood Schlatters. I get you to roll over here, Andrew. Thanks. Uh, and then the same with severs. So you could get a, a bathrobe, just nice straight leg there. Yep. And uh, just wrap that around the, the base of the foot. And uh, once again, he can sit there watching some TV reading a book, and just a nice comfortable stretch. You can come along again and, and do this exactly the same thing. So it's just a nice sustained stretch for about 60 seconds, and then gently pushing back. Don't push me over. <laughs> yeah. And then relax. And we just lean into that a little bit more as well. Again, just to take the load off the tendon. So th there's something you can do at home, uh, just something nice and practical, which will at least... Yeah, it takes some of the, 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 the pain that they might be experiencing. Give him a round of applause. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't get too much time just to look at some of the injury prevention uh, things that you can do. There's some of those listed on your sheet there. So um, there's just some helpful tips regarding considerations for, for injury prevention. Those sorts of things. Okay, we're going to um, turn this around. Um, before we move on, could Bill Chapman just stuck out to the Premites tent? Apparently, um, your daughter Chose, uh, Josie, I think, needs you. Thank you. Okay, well, we're actually going to move on to a few questions now.